With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenet Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day, together by the radio, to open His Word and to study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open God's eternal Word today. We're turning our Bible again to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 17, and we continue our study on the life of Elijah. Remember, we're looking at the subject, obedience is the key. Obedience is the secret. And again, I add, it is a secret to any area of your Christian life. If you want to have victory, if you want to have success, if you want the power of God, if you want to be used of God, then obedience is the key. Let me repeat the statement I made earlier. Often I say in the pulpit, if I had one statement to make to you and could never make another statement to you until I faced you at the judgment seat of Christ, then I would say to you, learn to obey God in every minute detail of God's direction on your life, whether it be by the Scriptures or by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Learn to obey God and then do that that God says do unto you. Then we looked last week at the first experience of Elijah here in 1 Kings chapter 17, which we simply call the Brook Experience. And we learn from the Brook Experience that obedience is the key to God's provisions. God said to Elijah, if you'll get there by the Brook Cherith, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. He went and they brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. I remind you, there was a great famine in the land. While everybody else is starving, Elijah is there by the brook eating two full meals a day. Then we come down to the second story here, which I'm calling the barrel experience. And from the barrel experience, we learn that obedience is the key to God's programming, to being on time with God. I'm sure we'll never understand until we face him at the judgment seat of Christ how many things we have missed because we were not at the right place at the right time. We missed God's timing. Elijah stays by the brook Cherith until it dries up. And as the brook is drying up, God said to him, I want you to get up and go to Zarephath. And he said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And the Bible said in verse number 10, So he arose and went. He left on God's timing, and he arrived on God's timing, and God's timing is always right. That's what I'm talking about, the importance of being on God's timing schedule with every move that we make. Let me say it again, though I've already said it. You see, this widow woman is waiting inside the city for Elijah to come, and she gives up on him. 
she is down to the last handful of meal in the barrel, and so she goes to gather two sticks of wood. She's going to cook the bread. They're going to eat it and die. But what she did not know was that there was a God in heaven that was watching over her and watching over Elijah and progressing his journey from the brook Cherith to the city of Zarephath right on time God's programming is always that way. As she approaches the gate of the city from the inside, then Elijah approaches the gate from the outside. And so they meet there at the gate of that city. We looked at Elijah's orders. We looked at his obedience in verse number 10, the first part of it. The Bible said, so he rose and went to Zarephath. And now notice in verse number 10, the rest of the verse. The Bible said, And when we came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there. Not only was Elijah to be there, but the widow woman was there also. You see, God not only has a place and a plan that he wants his preachers in, but he's got a timing program for his people to be there. And so it was very important that she be there at the right time and that he be there at the right time. I remind you, she is not an Israelite. She's not what we'd say today, a child of God. She's a heathen. But God can still operate with those who do not know him and do that that he wishes to do. He's God, and he can do that. But they meet there at the gate of the city. And she does not know Elijah Neither does Elijah know her. All she knows is there's a man of God supposed to come. She's supposed to feed him through the famine. You see, my friend, feeding the prophet through the famine was her insurance, or may I say her assurance, that she was not going to die herself. You see, no dead woman could cook bread for the man of God. And so she is to feed the man of God, and in so doing, she will sustain her own life. But she's been waiting. He's not arrived yet. And now then she is down to the last handful of meal, and she's gathering two sticks of wood that she may cook it for her and for her son and die. Let's pick up the story as they meet there at the gate of the city. The Bible said in verse number 10, the Bible said, And when he had come to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called unto her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now I want you to notice something. He asked her for a drink of water. As you travel in the land of the Bible, there are public drinking places in some areas. Most Bible students are familiar with Jacob's well which was a public place to draw water. There was Elijah's springs, and there are other public drinking places. But then there were those areas of journey where there was nowhere to get a drink publicly. And so as they became thirsty, it was not uncommon for them to stop at someone's house and ask for a drink of water. So when he asked this widow woman for a drink of water, she did not think anything about it. If I could use our expression, there's nothing that clicks because asking a drink of water would be a common thing. And so he asked her for water. And again, I remind you, she does not know him. He does not know her. But then as she starts to go get the water, 
in verse number 11, if I may just insert it in today's conversation, as she was going, Elijah would say to her, Ma'am, ma'am, wait just a moment. While you're going to get me some water, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now, wait a minute. Things starts clicking in her mind now. Here's a Jew. I do not know for sure whether she recognized him as a prophet or not. But here is a Jew asking a Gentile for some bread. Something goes off inside of her. Is this the man of God that I'm to feed? Is this the one that was supposed to come and let me feed him? And by so doing, I would sustain myself and my son through this famine. But in verse number 12, I believe she says this in a sense of rebuke to Elijah. She said unto him, As the Lord thy God liveth. Again, I emphasize she is not an Israelite. She's a Gentile. And so she does not know God. But she said to Elijah, As the Lord thy God liveth. I have not a cake. But a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in the cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son, that we may eat it and die. As I read this verse, I almost hear her say, your God came by here and told me to feed you as a prophet of God. And I said that I would, but you've arrived too late. I'm down to the last handful of meal. It will only make one little cake, and I'm going to make it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, remember, I said on the broadcast yesterday, the outcome of Elijah's obedience was that he opened up the door for her obedience. No, it troubles my heart when I realize we're not in this thing by ourselves. There are those whom God has already spoken to to do something in the work of God, but they cannot do what God told them to do until I do what God has told me to do. Friend, it is of the utmost importance that we learn we're not in this by ourselves. We're laborers together, and somebody is waiting on me. Someone is waiting on you to do what God tells us to do in order for them to do what God has told them to do. If I could just say it in a manner that maybe we understand better, you and I have step number one, but somebody else is waiting with step number two. This woman could not feed Elijah. She could not do what God told her to do until Elijah arrives on the scene. And I made the application on yesterday. A good explanation of that is God calls a missionary to go, but a church will not support a missionary until that missionary surrenders to go. Then when that missionary surrenders to go, he cannot go until the church does what God told the churches to do, support him. And so we are laborers together. We're not in this thing by ourselves. We've got a job to do, and somebody is waiting on us. But I want us to look at the lady now, the widow here from Zarephath, with the same three thoughts. I want you to notice her orders. Again, let me read verse number 11. The Bible said, and as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread 
in thy hand. But notice her orders now in verse number 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Notice her orders. Elijah said to her, You go ahead and take that meal and mix it up into bread. You take that oil, put it in there. You get it ready, and you cook that little cake of bread. But he said, I want you to bring me some first. Now, I realize there are those who would say, well, that's just like a preacher. They're always asking for something for themselves, even from the widow woman. But I'm going to tell you, friend, it's not always easy to obey God. And I preach on giving just about all the time. But there are many times that I feel like that people give to me, that I need to be given to them instead of them given to me. But you see, friend, we must obey God. The message must go out. The only way this widow woman could have lived through the famine was for Elijah to tell her that she must give to God first. Notice what he said. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy sons. So her orders are that she's to go ahead and make that bread, but she's to give it to the man of God, the first cake, and then later make for her and her son. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. How I praise the Lord for this heaven-born privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio and study His Word together. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh, do not.